fans, we treasure moments of magic-filled glory for our team and players. And at the same time, we also retain and remember painfully tragic moments or losses in the field, be it Miyada's last ball six or the 96 World Cup loss for an Indian fan. And now we had something that transpired two days ago at the Adelaide Oval. I'm sure it'll stay down with many. And many of us will talk about it years from now, where they were, when they saw the score, was it believable and whatnot. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, thoughts uh, after a debacle, after a result like that. And uh, this is what we'll be talking in today's episode of Cricket with an Accent. This is Saqib Ali hosting the show. And helping me unpack what happened two days ago is uh, one of uh, Twitter's very knowledgeable accounts. I follow him a lot and have learned a lot. Uh, he's known to solve a lot of quizzes. He's a fan like you and me. And he keeps the conversation up, uh, open. So let me welcome... Uh, Karthik Jairaman, also known as Elite Sinek on Cricket. Welcome to the show, Karthik. Hey, Sakib. Thanks a lot. Uh, pleasure being here. You know, the pleasure is all mine. And we've been planning to do this for a while. And the initial plan was to do it when the test match wrapped. But I'm glad we are doing it good two days later because I've learned something, not only in cricket in life. I think it's okay to talk about uh, that kind of an event because that event had a lot of shock value. So I'm sure, Karthik, you know, you would have done a great job then, but I'm sure you'll do a greater job explaining and, uh, you know, exploring your mind how you look back at the Adelaide test. So before we do that, I'm not here to introduce you because you have a big uh, following list and a lot of people know you, but someone who doesn't really know you that well, what is your connection with cricket? When did you become a fan? What's your first, me- first memory? This is a standard question I ask, and then we can get into, you know, India, Australia. Uh, indeed. Uh, before I go there, I'd like to tell you that had you hosted it, po- this podcast like five minutes after that test match ended, I would have still been fine because right now I'm immune. Uh, it doesn't hit me as hard as say Chennai 99 or Barbados 97. Uh, so um, yeah, going back to the question that you asked about uh, when did I start following cricket? To be honest, I don't remember. I have memories, hazy memories. I remember for sure that I saw Chetan Sharma's hat-trick in 1987 World Cup live. That probably is my first memory of cricket. Um, I I do remember Sachin Tendulkar, 1989, Pakistan, hazy memories. <clears throat> 92 World Cup is like uh, very fresh in my head. Um, back then, there was Star TV, Cable TV in India. I mean, you there was this dish antenna and all that. So... That's something that uh, sticks to my head. But proper, proper following. Like I became a real hardcore cricket fanatic from 1996 World Cup when it came into India and there was this satellite boom with Voltel and Sachin Tendulkar was all over the, you know, you know, everywhere. And it was probably Tony Gregg and the entire Channel 9 team that actually influenced me a lot more than any cricketer, I think, because I just loved the way that uh, the narrative unfolded when they spoke now i think a lot of it was like commercial value they used to hype things up but back then i didn't know all that so credit to them i mean i thank them a lot for a improving my english and b uh, you know uh, helping me understand cricket and you know having this relationship with it after that it's just been this journey you keep following things and keep learning every day uh, just this game just gives you so much you ultimately become you meet new people I've met you you know we meet we exchange ideas you learn from each other that's what I think I've met a lot of wonderful people on Twitter so can't thank enough no, no, absolutely before we were prepping for the show me and Karthik were talking and Karthik has similar roots to me he's originally from uh, Chennai but he has roots in Delhi this is the city where I also grew up so we were speaking in Hindi. So that was uh, that was fun, uh, getting the show going. But yeah, the, I think we can digress here for a bit. But I think that whole Tony Gregg narrative, I think that's so important. And maybe we can have you come back on another day to do a different podcast. But I think that's how narratives and that's how information has been built. And even in, in tennis, I mean, I learned a lot by listening to John Barrett and uh, Dan Maskell talking uh, Wimbledon. And their voices were synonymous with grass court play and that's how we learned back then but today there are like a lot of uh, information out there and a lot of analysts on Twitter, independent voices like yourself and so many others which kind of correct 
some of the nostalgia uh, associated with you know those older narratives and uh, i think today the day we live in i'm also learning i'm in my mid 40s that stats tell a better story than you know some of <laughs> some of the you know narrative way of thinking that was you know embedded uh, or fed to us but anyway uh this again is a favorite topic we can keep another podcast after the series is over and we can talk about that stuff but uh, sure. l- let's get going here so you said you know you would have been fine but uh, okay so what w- what happened that day i mean india came in uh, morning of the third test you know in a very good position and everybody knew australia's batting is heavily dependent on marnus labashan and steve smith and india had a small lead and you know now it seems hazy but you know everybody thought india can win this match and then what transpired is one of the deadliest spells of fast bowling uh, break it down for the listeners what you were thinking and how you you know how how you come up with more observations on what transpired on the third day of adelaide test match um before i start i'd like to just purely say this is entirely my opinion because out there you know there's so, so many other people with varying opinions but i'd like to put what i think is in my opinion you're absolutely right about the spells karthik don't worry a lot of people will tune in because you are speaking here so this is a humble small podcast and i'm sure you're making it better so feel free there's no, there's there's no caveat i mean it's your opinion you are the analyst no no it. i mean <laughs> i i just wanted to uh, you know put that aside uh honestly uh, india went into the third innings with a 53 run lead now that 53 run lead was sizable good pretty good actually um they could have had a lot more they dropped timpain at 111 for 7 could have been 111 for 8 and you know could have had 100 plus lead but it's fine i mean you go into it as an indian fan i remember i had put up this tweet about uh india 2020 not uh, beginning well for india when they you know squandered a similar position in christchurch um at the hagley oval versus new zealand where uh, both the innings scores were like almost similar and india got blown away for 124 in the second innings and new zealand easily chased that so i i mean i i just put up that put that up saying that you know who knows you know india needs to be careful hope 2020 ends well uh, for india and you see this happening honestly you can't do anything about it sakib i mean it was one of the greatest spells of bowling that i had seen you can dissect it in 100 million ways but in my opinion the bottom line is nobody could have done anything that day uh, 9 out of 10 times those four balls to mayank pujara rahane and uh, vihari and even ashwin probably not ashwin ashwin chased it slightly but mayank pujara rahane and uh, vihari those four balls were like unplayable i mean they were like they were landed i mean i, I josh hazelwood said that they had planned in such a way that every ball should hit kiss the top of the bail and that's exactly how they planned it um they just executed their plan to a t i think and it just worked i mean usually you miss play and miss and you know you get you get another chance but here there was no chance for indian batsmen and blaming the batsmen is not right i think because it happens you know the only two batsmen who i think played shots i mean not good shots per se but got out trying to do something extravagant with kohli and saha but with kohli i don't blame him at all because he tried something to get out of break the shackles he basically decided that i'm not going to let these guys dominate me like this because after a point if you keep defending one ball will have your name because that's what was happening yeah so he he got one four and you know he chased that ball that sim- dismissal was exactly similar to his dismissal at adelaide in 2018 when usman khwaja took a brilliant catch i mean it was very similar he chased a white ball and it was in the air and he got caught unlucky sometimes you know you need a bit of luck in these uh, in these scenarios where um, you know opposition is bowling brilliantly can't help it i think happens 36 is a score that's that comes as a shock um, deep down i was thinking that somehow somebody could actually relent and india would line would come in and you know india would probably get to 100 or something never happened it was like relentless bowling attack 
just a masterclass i think um, hats off to aussies what could india have done differently if you ask me i would think india could have probably um, executed their plans slightly differently by i mean it's easy to talk in hindsight but i just felt that everyone was stuck to the crease they could have probably tried to you know change the lengths of the bowlers by standing outside the crease or whatever so that uh, they were forced to shorten their length or something because they were landing every ball in probably a, a handkerchief on the pitch um so india so okay, i think let's, let's, right no no okay. you you're definitely on to something so uh, let's stick with australia right here so did the surface change you know uh, adelaide uh, has been a good hunting ground for india for the last 15 years or so or even the match they lost in 2014 they were really competitive with kohli scoring those 200s so did something change in this pitch and we'll get to the pink ball part but was the pitch behaving differently because i read somewhere i think cricket forces hatmonga put uh, beautifully that the ball wasn't really seeming too much and that's why it caught so many nicks and the ball didn't even beat the bat it just every time it you know faintly beat the bat it there was a nick it wasn't like oh beauty and he you know somehow missed it or left it so was the pitch behaving differently if uh, somebody can't notice what's your view on that interesting you say that monga said that um i didn't get a chance to read it but i think he's right the, there was no extravagant movements of the pitch i mean i think he mean seam movement although i think there was probably a millimeter or centimeter movement or whatever now if you ask me right uh, i heard the analysts talking in 2018 as well that in the adelaide test in 2018 which india won that the pitch has quickened up in the on the third day i mean coming from india right how can you actually think that a pitch can quicken up uh, on day 3 we play in india where it always goes slow and slow after day 2 and 3 so what do they mean when they say the pitch is quickening up right so i tried uh, researching on that i could not find more in any info on that but apparently it's true that actually the soil gets really bound together and it's really becomes hard the pitch becomes really hard and there's slightly a tad more bounce on that pitch uh, and that exactly i think was exactly what happened on in this um, game as well where uh, the experts were also saying that the pitch had quickened up when these guys were bowling uh i know the talk about pink ball and all that is there but i just felt that there was probably uh you know that little bit or tad more bounce than what it was doing on day 1 and 2 and that's why if you notice the snicks that these guys were getting were like on the sticker of the bat or you know somewhere like they were they were not even fully forward yet the ball was like that's kissing the shoulder of the bat and going so um, yeah i think so i remember labushin getting an lbw getting lbw of umesh and that ball didn't rise too much so i was hoping that the ball stays low etc but unfortunately it didn't happen it was all consistent bounce in the pitch people were saying that okay in india if you lose 15 wickets in a in a day icc jumps into it and you know you the pitches like are called out and all that why not here honestly it's not the case the pitch they had no demons i mean it was all fine the pitch was not like a uh, you know a dangerous pitch or something it, probably the batsmen and the, you have to give credit to the bowlers both sides bowled really well and batsmen couldn't do much about it so uh, yeah i think the pitch slightly quickened up uh, sakib sure so let us bring the pink ball i mean this was india's only second test and first time i think outside india when they played a, a pink ball contest Uh, so in terms of that lacking experience with the pink ball and uh, again uh, you know this has been a very odd year and most of them were playing ipl uh, they had some cricket under their belt un- unless your name was pujara or bihari uh, so w- was there also case of a little uh, lack of preparation here not to make excuses but again uh, you know they did a decent job in the first test first innings considering you know uh, now if you look at hindsight but uh, talk about the preparation and the pink ball in whatever context you want to talk about this honestly had india won or india scored 150 200 right we wouldn't have been talking about the pink ball at all i don't think that dismissals had anything to do with the pink ball i just think that it was just one of those days where 
whatever was landed on a, on a particular length, everyone was, everything was snicked to the keeper. Yes, ping ball is a factor. Yes, ping ball has a lot of lacquer apparently as a sin swing and all that. And there's this seam is slightly different from the normal KK ball that these guys use. But end of the day, I don't think India's inexperience with ping ball is the reason why they got out for 36. It was pure sheer brilliance with the ball by one of the greatest bowling attacks that you know you would ever see. Mm-hmm. I know I don't. I'm not a great fan of Stark bowling in uh, Test cricket. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he did his job in the first innings, but Hazelwood and Cummins, I mean, they just were like, McGrath would be proud with the lines and lengths that these guys bowled. It was like, as I said, on a handkerchief. Pink ball, not so much. Yes, it's a factor, but um, not so much. I mean, uh, the, the the I mean, what people say is like the pink ball movement gets pronounced on, on during twilight and under the lights, but... Mm. Didn't happen. I mean, India didn't get a chance. Yeah, to... we didn't even get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just think that you know, one of those days. I mean, I don't think anybody should be blamed. You know, heads cannot roll for this performance because it it's sad. I mean, you know, you have teams that get rolled out for under hundred. You've seen teams in the past as well. Just one of those days, like Trent Bridge uh, when Stuart Broad, you know, stream rolled. Uh, yeah, I mean, there should be no knee-jerk. Like, I read somewhere on Twitter while I was preparing for the show that Venk Sarkar has said Dravid should be sent in. Come on, let's relax. No, no one should be sent in. The team has enough resources. And it's just like uh, kudos to Australian, you know, pacemen. Uh, this is a great attack. I think by the time it's all done and dusted, they will be in the pantheon of Australian greats. Cummins, Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark. Pattinson is also part of the group. So, let's do a counterfactual here. Let's stay on what happened and do a counterfactual question. Uh, and let's stick to the last decade. You can go further because I know your memory is, you know, uh, is pretty good and you know a lot of stats. But is this uh, 36, all out of 36 for nine, is this the worst performance by a decent batting unit? Because this batting unit is decent. We can say whatever that uh, Rahane hasn't scored, but he scored sometime in Australia in 2014. Pujara scored in 2018, scored 100 in England had done one in South Africa, and Kohli's Kohli. And depending, you know, if you look at the resume of these three and uh, compare to two of the Australian teams that uh, didn't get past 60 in the last decade or so in England and South Africa, how do you look at this batting unit? I mean, considering, you know, a, an all-time great and then two solid support cast members, fine, we didn't have good openers. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, good point, actually. You know, because uh, the same Indian team scored like 440-odd in Mel- Melbourne last time against the same bowling attack, right? Uh, nothing's different. Nothing's changed. The bowling attack's exactly the same and India actually played well against them. So, uh, this collapse does come as a surprise. But is it the worst collapse? I don't know, man. I mean... It's a hard thing to say, you know. I've seen Indian team collapse for under 100 in India. You know, you take Ahmedabad 2008 when that stain, Dale Stain spell took out uh, an Indian team having Dravid, Lakshman. Didn't have such anything. But Dravid, Lakshman, Seva, Ganguly. 76 all out is like, it's it's a big thing, you know. It's a main feat in India, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the same, even including Sachin. Sachin got, I mean, a team including Sachin had gotten out for 83 at Mohali against New Zealand in 99. I mean, so that should have been, I mean, luckily we saved that test. I mean, pitch got really easy in the second innings. But um, 36 obviously is a, is, a, is a very low score. Uh, so, yeah, people like, you know, could have been like uh, Cape Town 2011 where Australia were 21 for 9, if I recall correctly. And somehow scraped through to 47. Nothing, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was one of those days, as I said, right? Uh, no, but my question premise, do you like Do you, do you like the question? You think uh, this is a solid batting lineup. That's where I'm coming from. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, this batting lineup is really good. But I don't think it's one of the best batting lineups to have gone down uh, for such a low score. I still think, I mean, I... I still think that, you know, one thing that I was very confident or happy about was in the last so many years, right? 
India didn't have a sub 50 score or sub 75 score or whatever, like say New Zealand, which had 40 odd in South Africa, Pakistan got rolled out for 49, Australia got rolled out for uh, 60 and 67 in the last ashes as well. England got rolled out for 85 versus Ireland of all people. But um, India did not have something like this, you know, uh, where a shocking collapse or something. So, Primary reason is India is good at home and it, there's no chance of it happening. And even away, right? Uh, India probably did decently well to handle such collapses, say, in the 2018 away cycle. Uh, so you're right, actually. This attack, I mean, this batting lineup collapsing like this uh, is like one of the worst collapses. But I don't think it's the best batting lineup to collapse like this uh, as i said earlier i have seen better indian batting lineup collapse so sure yeah sure fair enough yeah i mean i think uh, we covered uh, this question uh, and it wasn't i mean uh, a very insightful question from my end but i wanted to put that out no, there no it was it was a very yeah. good question i think yeah it was it had me thinking so uh, let's talk team composition and uh, is there any scar tissue uh, you know one that's part one of the question and then uh, uh, if Karthik is in charge of, uh, you know, uh, talking to Ravi Shastri and Ajinkya Rahane, what is your 11? I know we are like six days away from MCG. A lot can happen between now and then. Mohammad Shami is out of the picture. Virat Kohli is, you know, probably already in India now. So what 11 do you feel if you were to pick the 11 today, so if the match is starting tomorrow? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't even think... Uh, we need to bother about that because Boria Majumdar has already given out what's going to happen. He's like probably the inside source of BCCI. I don't know how he gets everything absolutely correct. Um, but um, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with all the changes. I think what he's, he's proposed or what he said is going to happen is like uh, uh, this guy, uh, Gil coming in for Shaw, uh, Rahul coming in for Kohli. Uh, Pant coming in for Saha and Siraj coming in for Shami. So Siraj and Pant, I agree, should happen. Rahul, you know, yes, he should be coming in. There's no other go. But, I mean, no, not Rahul, but I wanted to. I mean, I know it's a left field uh, thinking, but I wanted to probably have give Prithvi Shaw one more chance in Melbourne and send Gil at number four and keep Rahul out because... I feel Shaw can contribute at Melbourne. Melbourne won't be the same pitch. It's a drop-in. There's a chance that, you know, the ball would not do as much and, you know, you can do well. And Shaw is a player who, who is quite attacking. So, he could probably give the team a decent start. Unfortunately, his confidence is really low. But I, I think, you know, he's not someone who's just not good at cricket. He's good. I mean, he's been here because he has had some terrific... Uh, contributions in domestic and test cricket before so no i think we we are i think as a society we have uh, i think grown with social media and everyone has a voice that can be magnified and you can you know pretty much put down or talk to anyone famous i think uh, we have grown impatient and you know and I, this also it also reflects that i'm older so i can say we've grown grown impatient i mean nobody's again i think anyone in their right mind is not judging the ability of prithvi shaw like you rightfully said but there is like this, you know, this cricket calendar where you play a lot of cricket. Even in this year, you played a busy IPL and some bad habits or some, you know, which is not a new thing. It's always happened in cricket. If a batsman is struggling, it can carry over to other formats. So, were yeah, you of yeah. the opinion that Shaw should have played in the first test? Uh, let's uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't honestly after what Gil did in the the, the practice game, right? I, I really wanted Gil to do it, but Gil has not had an experience, uh, you know, high-profile series and debuting a person like Gil, a youngster okay. like Gil. I mean, these guys went for the safer option. Sure. So so yeah, I mean, but now that Shaw's played, I would want him to give one. I mean, give him a chance, attempt and fail rather not attempt at all is my policy. Give him one more chance, but I don't think uh, you know that'll happen. Saha, I was uh, I was totally against Saha playing this Test match. I, I mean, he's a very good keeper, one of the the best keeper in the in in India, and probably one of the best in the world. But what wrong did Pant do? I mean, he should have been playing in Adelaide. Unfortunately, this whole mentality of playing the best keeper 
you know and ironically saha dropped a catch people say it was not a catch but i think it was a drop you know so mm. yeah so, i was also of the opinion that punt should have played i learned my lesson i think you know the keeping ability saha is no doubt the best glove man but punt is also statistically not that behind and especially on these pitches it wouldn't have made that much of a difference but uh, yeah. you said something about rahul so elaborate on that again uh, i'm not uh, saying anybody who listens to this podcast a lot of people see him as a you know heir apparent to some sort of talent level of Virat Kohli, not the next Virat Kohli, but he's someone who's an exciting stroke player and he had a great IPL and people sometimes just combine the two formats. Yeah. So elaborate on that, why Rahul shouldn't appear according to you. Forget what Borea has said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's, it's funny, right, how selection happens in India. Like um, Rahul, um, he got primarily selected for because of how he played in IPL. You know, that's like recency bias. That's the biggest player in Indian cricket when it comes to selection. So I just feel that Rahul doesn't have enough red ball experience off late. Or the last test match that he played, uh, I don't exactly recall. Probably over 2018. Or did he play after England tour? Did he play something? I can't recall basically. But after that, he's played hardly played white ball cricket. There's some statistic that was thrown out. Uh, when his, he got selected, I recall. And uh, his, he's not played much red ball cricket and you're directly selecting him based on his white ball performance, right? I'm not a big fan of that. So, uh, I mean, yes, he has had experience in, in playing in Australia. He scored 100 at Sydney long, long ago. and I think he last played in West Indies. Oh, he last played in West Indies. Yes, yes. that Bumrah hat trick thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I still feel that you know his red ball form wasn't that great. Thinking that he'll do well because he did well in white ball is the fundamental flaw that we actually go through um, in our uh, selection policy. So I mean, you don't have an option. You select him because I'd rather go with if if you are actually selecting Gill. Then you don't have an option. You can't send Shaw. I, I I don't think Shaw should play after that. It should be one of Gill or Shaw if Rahul is playing. So could you play again in a very crazy world if that's where you're leaning? Could you play both Pant and Saha play Pant as a batsman? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I, I I I I'm totally against that because first of all, I don't think Saha warrants a place in this team. Unfortunately, I might offend a lot of people, but away from home, I don't think Saha warrants a place in this team. I mean, if you look at his shots, right, they're just dead batting around the pitch, the 22 yards, where, you know, it's not even a chance of a single or he's actually throwing his bat. He played a, played a very loose shot in the first yeah, inning. Yeah, add absolutely. That too. Absolutely. So, I mean, if, you, if, if Pant, again, you know, he... Ha- Yes, it was a dead rubber last time. No, it was not a dead rubber though. Sydney was not a dead rubber. The game, was, the series was locked at 2-1 and Australia could have won 2 and made it 2-all. But he scored 100 and he literally killed Australia out of the tournament or the series. Sorry, not tournament. So, he scored a brilliant 150. So, yeah, people say that he always scored uh, his, both his 100s away from home. Where like, uh, you know, there was no pressure, etc. But they are hundreds, man. I mean, come on. How many Indian wicket keepers have actually scored hundreds? Forget about hundred outside India. And yes, he's, his fundamental role is wicket keeping. What wrong has he done? I mean, he, he kept really well in Australia. I mean, it's not like India where the ball is keeping low, slow. You have Ashwin, Jadeja turning square. No, it's not happening. So... I just feel that Pant should have played that, um, played the test. He should play and no, Pant and Saha cannot play together. Um, I rather would like Ashwin and Jadeja to play together. I know it's a crazy, crazy thought. But, uh, you know, rather not play three fast bowlers. You might, I might want to play uh, Ashwin and Jadeja together to strengthen the batting slightly. I mean, how worse can you do, man? In throwing, throwing Siraj in the mix, right? I don't know. I mean, India have had a bad experience with debutant bowlers away from, you know, India. You take Pankaj Singh, you take Jaydev Unatkat, you take Vinay Kumar, you know, you take David Johnson, Dodda Ganesh. All these people, which just, you know, I'm sure there are more. If I and again, you know, like I'll just intervene there and my knowledge of, uh, you know, some of these young Indian quicks is not up to the mark that someone who's doing a podcast should know these things. But 
I've heard or read that uh, Saini was a front runner before the injury to Shami, that he could have even played before Umesh. So why does Siraj get ahead for someone like me who doesn't know if I thought yeah. Saini would get the call? Very so good point. Down for us. Yeah, very good point. I think Siraj has done really well for India. I mean, I remember in uh, two years ago, he toured New Zealand, Australia, etc. And I, I, I remember very well, he took an eight for versus Australia. And that team had really uh, all the test batsmen, most of the test batsmen, Hanscom and uh, Khawaja, etc. And he took eight for 59 or something, if I recall correctly. And so Siraj uh, is has performances to back. It's not like he's been selected based on his white ball performance because he's not a very good white ball bowler. He should not be playing white ball, unfortunately. Uh, but he's a good red ball bowler. I don't think I don't know about Saini, to be honest. I don't have the numbers offhand. Uh, Saini, uh, yes, the, the theory was that the hard pitchers might suit Saini's style of bowling. But we saw in the ODI series, Saini did not... You know, he he was not up to the mark, to be honest. I don't know if it's an injury or what. Uh, so yeah, and uh, in the practice game, Saini was not played. You know, the sure. the pink ball practice game, and Siraj bowled okay, I guess. So again, it'll be, I, it'll be detrimental because uh, you know to this young man's fortune because he's going in some sort of a batsman paradise because that's what MCG has become, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, the last few years, I think Australian fans like Sanket, who's been on the podcast many times and a lot of other knowledgeable folks have said, this is a stadium that's been used for a lot of Australian rules football. Yes. And the pitch laid there is just such a disgrace. Again, and I'm quoting from memory. You know, I'm not quoting Shane Vaughan or like Mark Taylor or you know, Mark Waugh, but I'm quoting some very knowledgeable fans who do a fair analysis so Melbourne could be again a batting, uh, you know, paradise. Yeah, and you're bringing in a new fast bowler. Of course, they don't have an option. Yeah, the only other option is Sani. Absolutely. So, so I think I think you know, um, yeah, I agree. That pitch, as I said earlier, it's a drop-in pitch. I'm sure because this this, this stadium is predominantly used for Aussie rules football and NRL etc. So it's it's going to be a drop-in pitch. And uh, if you remember 2017 Ashes, right? Uh, a batsman like Alistair Cook was there. He was like woefully out of form. He scored 244 not out on this pitch. Yep. It's the highest score ever on, at MCG uh, by an away batsman. And um, he just batted and batted because this pitch was like dead. If you see Australian pitches are generally dead off late, you know, you see a lot of high scores. I know last time Adelaide saw 335 not out. This Adelaide pitch was different. I have a theory though. I think they are going to pile up, pile on the agony. They are going to be relentless now that Kohli is gone. They'll make sure that the pitches are like juicy. They're going to like, you know, try and demolish India's confidence. And the pitch might have something in it for the quicks rather than mm-hmm. being... I understand 2018, the pitches did not have this much juice because their batting lineup didn't have Smith and Warner. So they wanted it to be slightly favoring their batsmen. Uh, so they they probably thought that, okay, Perth was really good pitch last time. You know, it was really fast, juicy. One of the best hundreds Kohli scored. But um, other than that, if you saw MCG, even Adelaide was like decent, not like this. Um, you know, and SCG as well last time. So they were like pitches which were kind of flat uh, because they it, they wanted probably to their batsmen to take advantage, but they're not going to do that this time. It's Smith Warner back in, and uh, Warner's not mm-hmm. playing. I think MCG, but Smith Labushain etc. They are pretty sure that with Kohli gone, I think they're going to pile it on. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. That's my theory. That the pitch won't be as flat as we're thinking it would. Um, How crucial yeah. will be the toss? I mean, toss has become such a crucial factor for any traveling team in the last, you know, decade or so. And now yeah. with Virat Kohli not in the mix, Ajinkya Rane, you know, uh, Cheteshwar Pujara, the two senior most batsmen. Yeah. So what does India do if they win the toss? You think it's uh, bat? Bat. <laughs> just, just close your eyes and bat. Don't even think about bowling. That's the worst mistake that you could do. Just close your eyes and bat. This third innings thing cannot happen again. I can bet on it. I mean, you cannot get bowled out for 36. Uh, yes, you could get bowled out for probably 90, 100 or odd. That's understandable. 36 is like two less. It can't happen, man. Come on. Sure. Uh, it's one of those days that, you know, everything, you know, you just try to 
it's like you're rolling in dice, rolling a dice and you get six like 10 times, you know, the probability of that happening is remote, but it could happen. And that's what happened with that on that day. So yeah, you bat, you try to put up a score and you see if you can defend it. And uh, yeah, Rahane. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very sure about Rahane though, man. I mean, before coming to this podcast, I, I looked at Rahane's record, right? Before coming, I mean, I, I mean, I knew it, but I just wanted to get some um, perspective about Rahane. So first of all, let's probably we can move to Rahane, the captain and player. Or do you think, do you want to discuss something more about the MCG pitch? No, we can, we can definitely move to Rahane. Actually, I have some stats for you too. Uh-huh. So, I'm JSK27, Jasveer. You know, he's a, again, big account yes, on Twitter. He posted something. So I'm going to call, call that out. He said, in the last five years in South Africa, New Zealand, Australia and England, as they are known as the four toughest traveling spots Sena. for subcontinent, Sena, yeah. <laughs> Virat Kohli has averaged 44 at the, uh, with 1277 runs. Pujara has averaged at 40 with 1042 runs. And Ajinkya Rahane has averaged 26.5 at 664 that's runs. Me. So that's I a worrisome that. number. Exactly. I exactly have those numbers right now in front of me. And uh, it's, it's a good thing that he tweeted that uh, before coming to this podcast, I wanted to take a look at that. So India's away cycle started from Jan 2018 where South Africa, Cape Town uh, test was the first test. So after that, we played we played three tests in South Africa, five in England, four in Australia, and then uh, two in New Zealand. Uh, with these Siena countries. I don't like to use those words, but yeah. you know, he scored well in West Indies. He scored a hundred, but honestly, let's face it. I mean, he would, I mean, yes, again, West Indies hundred should not be really discounted because that was a, a, against a Duke ball and um, um, facing uh, West Indies fast bowlers who actually do well in their own condition. So you should not be discounting it, but I'd like to talk about his Siena record though over here that 26, an average of 26, I'm not very happy with the way he's actually performed, right? I mean, you expect a lot from Rahane in 2014. He scored a brilliant 100 at MCG. And, uh, you know, you his away record was the, you know, he's, he was one of the few batsmen with a good away record as compared to home records. He's terribly deteriorated as a batsman. You the you know, the, the what comes to mind is the Christchurch test against New Zealand where he, Anil Wagner made him look Really, really silly, and you know the way that he got out. He basically tried pulling the ball, and he pulled it back onto his thumbs. He chopped it on. So that's like, it was a very unpleasant sight. Um, I was not very sure about Rahane. You know, I was thinking that is he the right person to actually play this, um, play this series? I mean, should we have selected him? That I went up to that level to think whether Ajinkya Rahane should have been selected. In fact, I was very much of the opinion that. Kohli leaves after Adelaide and Rohit comes in and he's take over as captain. But that's not happening though. But I was impressed with Rahane's 100 though. When he, in Ramoy Novel, he scored a 100. It was really good, I think. Um, uh, uh, I thought he handled the situation well. And even here in the first inning, still that unfortunate Kohli run out. I thought he was looking good. After that, he just, it was just a different Rahane. I think he was shattered after that. I mean, I was just looking at some numbers, right? Before Kohli run out and after Kohli run out. Before Kohli run out, it's like 3 for 188 was India. After Kohli run out, India lost 16 wickets for 92 runs. So, that's how crucial sure. was that run out. So, uh, Rahane was looking good though in the first innings. So, I hope he comes good. I hope captaincy, uh, he takes it up as a challenge. I mean, it could make or break somebody. I, I, I really like the way he uh, captained India at Dharmashala. I mean, the last time he captained was against Afghanistan, though. Um, but that test against Australia at Dharmashala, he, he did really well, I thought. You know, we had a small total to chase uh, in the second innings. And the guy just came on and took on uh, Pat Cummins and hit him for a six and all. I mean, he didn't want any of those close finishes. I thought his approach was really aggressive. He's a very aggressive captain. He doesn't go with instinct and all. He's like proper, you know, he, he, he makes sure that what... Uh, he does his research properly. I sure. Think. So uh, let, let, let me bring in a fan point again. You know, it's a narrative question, and we all discuss with our fellow fans and friends. Sure. It's not factual, but yeah. uh, it's pretty. It's safe to assume that Rahane's white ball India career is is almost eighty percent over. I don't see him being in the mix of with all the World Cups coming unless something major happens. He's still an I, IPL player. 
Uh, he's moved teams from Rajasthan. Now he's in Delhi. He's not your automatic selection like he used to be in Rajasthan. So you think he's in the same boat as somewhat like Pujara? You know, for India, he's only playing one format. And maybe, that's why I say a fan question, maybe the insecurity of not being in the mix for other formats affect one's game. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a cruel world out there in cricket. Very good point. You know, good but point. Uh, we don't know what's in their minds. But uh, uh, so, so elaborate on that, like, you know, in your view, again, you know, what can happen to a player when, you know, and he's still a permanent figure in the Indian Test team. Yeah, yeah. Till, I mean, till Gill and someone, you know, makes it their claim. You know, we may not be far away and this series yeah. could go a long way for Rahane if he fails with the bat. So, talk about, you know, if there's an insecurity that could have crept in, you know, what you've watched. Definitely, I think you made a very good point there about, you know, the white ball insecurity. Considering the next uh, 50 over World Cup is in India and then, you know, um, forget about 2020, he might not feature in 2020 team, but 50 over World Cup in India means that he might not feature in the Indian probable list at all for, uh, um, or probably he might feature in the probable list but not make it to the final squad. So, Rahane's white ball career might effectively be over. Having said that, he still features heavily in IPL. I know that Delhi Capitals took a lot of interest in him and Ponting was very impressed with Rahane's work ethic, etc., etc. But, um, I, I, I think you might be onto something like you know white ball insecurity might might be pushing him to you know try harder and to uh, you know and to prove himself in red ball because that's like one of the few chances that you have to play for your country etc. Um, and, and let's be fair on this to others as well because you know only few guys will play even though the pool has gotten bigger with T20 and IPL. First, there used to be like 20 cricketers that will play for India in a decade or 12 years. Now, that pool is at least close to 35-40. You'll see a lot of these names come in and out. But uh, the few spots are always taken by, you know, and uh, Rahane is in the mix, but I think there are other guys in the same boat. So, that's why I wanted to flag that. So, let's talk quickly, Karthik, here about Rahane, the captain. Now, this is the Kohli Shastri regime. This is just a break. There's no way that Rahane will be, you know, he might yeah save if he wins a match and scores 100. Yeah, that will be remembered. But Kohli is the captain. So, do you see an imprint of Rahane's captaincy? Or do you think it's going to be the continuation of uh, what the team under Virat Kohli has been uh, doing? You know, no. this is similar to how Dravid took over for two tests in Pakistan or one test when Ganguly sat. Uh, are you going to see any individual stamp from Rahane do you expect? Or do you think pretty much going to be the same template in terms of selections? and? Good question. Again, um... See, there, there is a school of thought whether there'd be a remote control captaincy from Kohli from <laughs> India. Same I wanted to say that, but I, I avoided But okay, thanks for saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a school of thought. that There could uh, be a Zoom was... meeting before the toss. <laughs> Call heads. <laughs> uh, but I don't think so. I think Rahane is a very good captain in his own right. Uh, the best example you can think of is Dharmashal. I'll tell you why. Because I, I was watching that probably the closest I've followed any series in recent times was the 2017 India-Australia series, right? So, we went into Ranchi at one-all, Bangalore, traumatic test match, we won in Bangalore and we went into Ranchi one-all and, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was a draw and uh, people were crying out loud for Kohli to select Kuldeep because he had that X-factor to him with that Chinaman and nobody had seen him. But Kohli being Kohli... You know, with his pace, you know, love for pace, he kept selecting Umesh. And Umesh, um, yeah, Umesh was actually really good. But he kept selecting the, the extra pacer rather. Uh, match got over. Kohli got injured in that game. Yep. And uh, Dharmashala Rahane was the captain. And what do we do? Uh, he selects uh, Kuldeep. You know, I'm pretty sure. I don't like saying this, but I'm pretty sure had... Uh, Kohli being the captain at Dharmashala, there might be, have been probably a different result to the series. You know, I think the Aussies joke too, right? They said someone said in banter, like you know, had Kohli played, they would have won the series because Kuldeep wouldn't have played. I, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say <laughs> they would have lost. India would have lost, but I mean, Kuldeep did. Uh, I mean, the, the the reason why Kuldeep, uh, I mean, the reason why India won was those first innings burst by Kuldeep. So, uh, Rahan, again, Kohli at the end of the game said that, you know, it's captain's decision. So, he might not have agreed, but Kohli being Kohli right there. Yeah. I mean, I remember Kohli was actively 
you know coming to the ground giving drinks and all as a 12th man uh, in that test match so he might be like more involved in that test series at that time as compared to what he is now at the verge of being parent or something and the x so, factor is there was an anil kumble yeah anil kumble is right? the coach yeah, yeah yeah so again i really do, i mean i know that people keep dissing ravi shastri a lot that you know Uh, with all those comments and all those memes and all that come with it, with his, uh, his cavalier attitude but i really think i have a lot of time for ravi shastri i think he's a really he he he's a really tough guy man i mean uh, you cannot just face all the barrage of west indian and pakistani fast bowlers and uh, prove yourself without being nothing i mean ravi oh, yeah he was i mean shastri the batsman is i mean very gutsy i remember in I, 92 when we went to south africa for the first time uh, alan donald clearly said that besides tendulkar shastri was the only guy who was not in a hurry to be a non strikers end when donald was yeah, bowling absolutely. so i mean those those yeah, things yeah. you remember i mean remember, you know, like yeah so ravi shastri i think um, tactically there might be some gap but is a good motivational speaker i think and uh, with the kohli shastri regime i feel kohli is the alpha and you know he probably takes a decision out of his instinct he does consult shastri a lot but yeah. i have a feeling rahane and shastri might also work decently rahane would make decent selections i feel i think kohli is also i mean i would like to add sorry i mean you were the guest uh, no here no problem but i i believe kohli is also the modern day version of imran khan because he's instinctive he talks aggression but i think in this day of data and statistics that's where he falls short because he goes lot of this chopping and mixing yeah, and changing yeah. 11s i think that's what imran used to do a lot but th- that era was different it was about bravado it was about leadership it was about doing the unthinkable this era is more about their plans laid out you traveling with you know such a huge staff yep. everything spelled out for you so if you go against the statistical logic you better have a good backing you know way to back it up as a batsman you can go score 150 on a on a green top but that's his batting genius but i think the uh, the decision sometimes you know and the mistakes are piling up as monga said on my podcast it's not like they're intentional mistakes but the selection mistakes yeah. are piling up with shikoli and shastri absolutely absolutely i mean that's i mean I, it's it's like i have it like stamped in my head start with uh, cape town you drop rahane and uh, you drop bhuvi pujara at lords no yeah yeah i mean i'll come no, not uh, lords i think edge baston uh, so yes so so cape town you drop rahane and bhuvi right yeah. centurion you drop uh, sorry cape town bhuvi paid sorry cape town you drop rahane centurion you drop bhuvi uh, joburg we won edge baston you drop pujara lords you select kuldeep on a green top uh, and uh, you know southampton you pick jade ashwin instead of jadeja where ashwin was clearly injured i mean he was having a niggle and that pitch moinali outbowled ashwin that uh, really hurt me a lot uh, again over you couldn't do much and uh, these things like you know kept piling up you know when you uh, when you see um, such selection that actually happened right it's not like india where you can actually get away with it because india is unbeatable in india let's face it you can make like you took shardul tagore in um, in uh, hyderabad uh, against west indies right but india in india shardul tagore broke out broke Uh, in nine balls with some injury and had this happened uh, somewhere outside india we would have got plastered but um, umesh saved us that day he took a 10 for so um yeah i mean you can get away with such selection mistakes in india but you cannot get away outside india so i i feel see again i don't blame kohli because he's as you said he he is like the alpha he is like imran khan he probably has a gut feel his gut instinct always or seems to go wrong i mean some people have a gut feel have a gut instinct they take a decision and it works like magic like say i don't want to compare but yeah there are people who actually take some gut decisions and it works out and you know he's hailed as like wow what a great captain but honestly it's not like that you make an instinctive decision it there is a probability of it working or not working and i i really think kohli's instincts have not worked out unfortunately for him and it's as monga says it's piled on and um, uh, it's it's uh, yeah but i i feel that kohli is really secure as a captain i don't think and there is and i'm sure anything. you might agree with this there's also like i think i want to back shastri there with what you said i think kohli and shastri are in this together so i also find it very funny that shastri gets all the hate while kohli gets yeah. all the praise i think they are <laughs> they are one 
See. They're one, you know, one uh, thinking machinery in this. So every decision that goes wrong, people make fun of Shastri. People forget Shastri replaced Kumle because Kohli wanted a Shastri in there, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, that's I just feel true. bad for Shastri. I mean, you know, he's been selected for a job, and you know, they. I'm not saying they don't think at all. They do. They have their plans. But just to blame blame him purely for everything, sometimes you know, sounds little little juvenile to me. I mean, I, I I would think that Shastri does not. I mean, let's face it. I I mean, I I disagree with the fact that. Shastri is like the mouthpiece for Kohli and like yes man or something people say that I don't think so in fact Kohli has openly credited Shastri for some of the successes that he's had in change in technique and all ultimately is the captain's call and that's where Shastri's job is to supply Kohli with the information and it's the captain's call to actually make the final selection he has the say what team has to be selected what 11 have to get into the field and it goes wrong if it goes wrong the coach cannot just sell the captain down the river saying that hey listen i told him this and it didn't work you have to basically back and that's why shastri looks stupid i think sometimes when he makes these decisions like when he said uh, when he made a statement about ashwin over kuldeep kuldeep over ashwin at sydney and he said ashwin might not be uh, the front frontline spinner going forward, looking at Kuldia, and that was like stupid call. He should not have made such extravagant statements. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, I just as I said, I'll, Kohli's instinct um, has actually um, not come through yet. I hope it comes through sometime. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's wrap this up with a couple of follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ashwin. So I shared your stat with you with one of my close friends, uh, Sharon Mamadipudi. He tweeted mm-hmm. something. That uh, Ashwin's batting average were, you know, pretty much like Rahane. He was, you know, a legit batting all-rounder in test matches or bowling all-rounder. And now there's a nosedive in his numbers. So what went wrong with Ashwin, the batsman? Was he a different player under MS Dhoni? Could that be? Uh, was it play? Was the numbers inflated because of too many runs in India? Uh, talk about that if you are comfortable with the with the comparison and why Ashwin, the batsman, is on a decline. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely right with regards to Ashwin, the batsman. I mean, I remember when he burst onto the scene against West Indies, right? He scored um, the hundreds in West Indies, etc. And you would think that, hey, we've got... I, I remember the time when he actually batted number six for India. And you remember the time that, oh, we found an all-rounder. In fact, he he was a batsman when he started out, right? And he eventually became a bowler. So, he, you know, he has this good technique. You know, um, he, I, I, for one, thought that he has a really good technique against the moving ball. I don't recall if it's 2011 England or uh, sometime 2014 England uh, or 2011 England. I'm not sure if he played. Don't recall. But I remember an England tour when he actually played the moving ball well and um, better than a lot of top order batsmen. So, uh, he... There's this decline and I don't think it has anything to do with MS Dhoni or Virat Kohli as the captain or anything. I, I totally think it's entirely due to Ashwin. A, he has had a lot of injury problems of late, you know, and against uh, Australia in 2017, he had that sports hernia and then uh, he broke down in uh, in Ad- after Adelaide last time, even after Southampton, he broke down in England. So, he's had a lot of injuries. So, to make a comeback, you have to doubly focus on your primary skill, which is your bowling, right? And he's not been able to probably focus as much as, as, as he's done. So, But he's a very thinking, he's a highly thinking cricket. He's one of the best. I've had the pleasure to talk to him and I think he's one of the best thinkers of the game. That I mean, he'd become a fantastic strategic analyst going forward, I think. So, um, he probably constantly thinks about his game. Again, there's a lack of execution. But um, if you see his technique, probably he's probably opened up his stance slightly, and you know he has this high back lift and all these days. So he thinks he obviously is thinking how to you know how to stick, how to you know counter the bowling at certain in certain conditions. In India, see again, in India it doesn't get to bat. Let's be honest about it, right? In India, our batting lineup is so good that Ashwin never gets to bat. Ashwin only gets to bat abroad. And his record abroad was good only in West Indies in that, uh, you know, the, those uh, one of those times that he actually batted. Uh, other than that, he's actually faced some tremendous fast bowling beats, South Africa, England, Australia. It's not easy to face, you know, top order batsman is not, 
not facing uh, are not able to face so ashwin coming down the order expecting him to actually score 50 and all is like asking too much out of him so yes there is a decline it was bound to happen this no, bound it, it, to happen i don't think it has anything to yeah. sure can continue no. No, I was saying it's going to resonate more because you know the what the bottom five will do will help make the series competitive. So if any runs from Ashwin or Saha, whoever is playing, uh, the tail would 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 could could be could be very handy because with Kohli gone. Yeah, I'd be really honest though. I'm now really scared for Ashwin because Ashwin played a very good knock, decent knock in the first innings. That it reminded me of Ajit Agarwal's knock at Adelaide uh, in 1999, where he scored 19. in the first innings and got a first ball duck in second mm-hmm. ashwin got a first ball duck in second so after that he had like five consecutive ducks i hope ashwin doesn't get through that because this line that these guys are bowling is like ashwin is like it's classic fishing for ashwin so i hope he changes something in it that's why i said that i'm more inclined towards ashwin and jadeja and before you wrap up just want to add that there was this thing that we were talking about about vengsarkar saying that light dravid in basically uh, i think that's ridiculous that's like an eager reaction uh, a i don't think ravid has a magic potion to actually fix the batting and b i don't think ravid is the right person if you want to send someone to australia because ravid himself does not have a great record in australia barring that 2003 series you know where uh, let's face it uh, he did not face the greatest bowling attack i give him full credit for winning the adelaide test but uh, I, no, no, he is one of my favorite players, and I remember that series. Juan Megra didn't play, and Lee and Gillespie only played Sydney. So no, yes. numbers don't lie. But I, I think let's uh, it's more on Vengsarka than less on Dravid. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. Dravid, I have no, Dravid will never, never come. And you know, this, this is this is not how you, you know, uh, you know, this is not how you I mean, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. No one wins in that situation. So let's wrap this up with Cheteshwar Pujara, uh-huh. you know, the, the rock from last tour, and easily the second best batsman. Now Kohli is gone. So what role does he play now? He's also a senior most member along with Rahane and Ashwin. So do you see him flourishing in this? He will be there assisting Ashwin in sorry Rahane in on-field decisions, and of course Australia will go hard at him, more hard, harder because Kohli is gone now. You get him, and I think you can. You can, you fancy your yes, chances. Yes. He'll be under so much pressure. So how do you see him responding in the next three tests? All right, uh, very good question. So before we go there, right, um, the question is who would be the Indian vice captain? I think it'll be Rohit if he comes back. But if Rohit's not there for Melbourne, who would be the vice captain? In my opinion, Ashwin should be the vice captain. As I said earlier, Ashwin's like really good cricketing brain, and he should be working closely with Rahane. uh pujara of course would be standing close to rahane in the slips so he should probably be uh, you know strategizing with him uh, how things go about but pujara is a strange case right he scored a brilliant 100 in southampton one of the best 100s that i have seen uh he scored this like monumental series in 2018 in australia but other than these three or four instances his uh, sena record doesn't like Uh, it's not like great you know he gets bold and lbw far too often for a top order batsman even that's in india one. i think since yeah. the australian tour he's averaged 42 yeah i mean i that's like kind of worrying for me like why i remember having a conversation with uh, karthik krishna swami on twitter where i said that uh, he gets bold far too often and he was of the opinion it's fine if uh, i mean that that's not a reflection of how good or bad his technique is it's just that you know a percentage of his dismissals are like that that's how it happens but i honestly feel for a top order batsman if your defense is not tight enough you get bold or lbw far too often um I, however i thought that he corrected that last tour and uh, the lines that dossies bold he killed them down with his patience basically but i think this time ossies have become smarter they are not feeding him anything outside the off stump in fact they are trying to feed him every ball on off or just outside off stump so making him play so he cannot just leave the balls anymore he And has also to... leg slips for him now yeah yeah that that strategy also that these guys have come up with uh, having said that i don't think he'll fall in that um, you know in that trap far too often but this uh, on or outside off stump right end of the day he might end up nicking a ball so how should pujara play he should play exactly the same way he's playing just drop anchor and uh, kill as many balls as possible and you know it's fine you eat 160 balls and score 20 nobody cares just 
take time i mean you know uh, after 50 overs if the team score is like uh, 60 or 65 it's fine you are there the, the wicket column should not say like 6 or 7 it should say 1 and you know pujara should be there i know people talk about intent and he's been dropped because of that word intent i, I mean right now intent is something that's like far down um look i think that's a part of evolution you know you can't argue i mean i'll do draw draw a film analogy people who grew up watching dilip kumar then amitabh bachchan and then you know shahrukh khan i mean acting also changed right mm-hmm. so similarly batsmanship has changed yes. gavaskar will never blame him for intent and yes. the other day someone says uh, i think shane won said that pujara had so many dot balls yeah, and 11 really singles good. and uh, he's creating pressure but yeah. uh, it's won's perception till pujara's teammates come and say okay nobody's getting bogged down and they feel there is pressure then it's a conversation i think uh i think the narrative sometime is just ahead of uh what's actually happening so absolutely. i think pujara staying there longer to me i'm a little old fashion is good but in the end he has to score runs absolutely I, and he pretty, has to i mean yeah. i just feel that you know pujara staying longer that's what he did in 2019 right he tired the bowlers out and then the lines erred and then he started scoring runs and trust me that's his modus operandi and he would probably succeed in that um just that he needs to be extra careful and coming to shane one i really don't rate him as a pundit he probably said that because he feels that sky producer is shouting in his ear saying listen uh, sorry fox producer is shouting in his ear saying listen you're not getting enough views so like say something you know to make pujara uh, show pujara that you know i mean all he wants is like say that oh what a shot you know end of the yeah. day test cricket doesn't work like that he still is talking about hardik pandya coming flying back in yeah, and joining swa- the test squad for swagger yeah i remember that too <laughs> i mean some of the thing i mean imagine shweb akhtar and won together in the booth oh so. my god i'll be like we should do a hindi <laughs> podcast where you should talk about shweb akhtar and wasim akram and <laughs> shane won commentating together huh. so before we end this actually i know i've said it couple of times what is the prediction for mcg and if you want to give a prediction for what happens rest of the series uh i mean somebody asked me a long time ago what's my prediction i said 4-0 with shami in the team now without shami i am like not going anywhere it's going to be 4-0 and there's no way that actually you're going to say 5-0 they'll play <laughs> they'll yeah. lose one more psychologically <laughs> i know i know there's no way that i can see this team coming back and i mean i in in that 4-0 i hope it's you know it, it there's no innings loss but i i foresee innings defeats as well but then this one point that i'd like to mention is like when india won in 2018 it was always with the asterisk that you know these keep people keep talking about that hey we didn't have smith and warner but you know this is like the india a team b team whatever you want to call but end of the day that's what it is you know i don't think they'd be talking about the asterisk anymore they'd be like hey we blanked you four nil that's how things go that's how you know uh, host broadcasters are and fans are but uh, 4 nil is what i can I, i'm i'm envisioning i hope and, i'm and, wrong and, and, and i think you are onto something there and that's very important along with kohli we have to realize there's no ishan sharma and there's no mohammad shami there's no ishan sharma there's no mohammad shami there's no rohit sharma for the first two tests i mean now let's face it right rohit sharma is a very good batsman people get keep dissing him for his you know sena record etc but you know he reinvented himself as an opening batsman against south africa and you know uh, one of the pitch that he actually faced rabada was like really not easy uh, in in the india tour i think it was vishakhapatnam if i'm not mistaken so uh, rohit sharma as a batsman will psychologically give indians a boost so there's no puja there's no kohli there's no ishan sharma there's no shami shami i mean believe it or not i feel more than kohli going kohli going was like a given right everyone was like preparing themselves but more than kohli going shami not playing the rest of the series is like a bigger blow in my view because he i remember a graphic that these guys were showing he was landing the ball on a square i mean you cannot expect that from umesh or uh, siraj you know eventually they'd be bowling two or three balls outside and uh, releasing the pressure and there's no point in you know bowling like that so shami would be sorely missed and uh, that's what i feel is the reason behind the prediction that i'm making for nil i hope there's a miracle uh, but it's too much to expect i suppose yeah and good times ahead for steve smith's fans so 
<laughs> actually no i don't think so why you know why because indian batsmen would not give him enough chances to actually score that many runs so in a way it's, you know it's not that great for steve smith fans i mean if he, if he, if they win the toss i hope that india wins wins the toss but if australia win the toss then he'll pile on the agony but honestly uh, with the with the performance that i'm expecting Uh, i think these guys are like going to be relentless uh, with the bowling attack india has to obviously come up with something different i hope there's some miracle that happens but i don't see i mean this is like getting your worst team to india against india and hoping against hope that somehow they win a test match i mean it's not happening in with, even with your best team forget about the worst so you i, I don't have any hopes let's hope let's see All right, so I think we covered quite a lot here. Karthik ne khanta laga diya Shweb bhai ki tarah, and I think this was fun. If you disagree, uh, you know where to find Karthik and me. I mean, I don't give many opinions, but you know, thanks for tuning in, and sure. uh, hopefully, there's a cracker of a test match uh, starting Boxing Day, and we'll be back with another episode uh, reviewing Boxing Day and previewing Sydney. This is Sakib and Karthik signing off. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Sakib, for having me. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.